Okay. Is this thing even on? DIY Passion Podcast in three, two. DIY Passion. It's a blog. And it's a podcast. About a couple on a quest to make a house a home. All right, let's get this show started. I'm Dan. I'm Erin. Let's roll. All right, welcome to another edition of the DIY Passion Podcast, coming to you live from the beautiful Halifax, Nova Scotia. I'm Erin. I'm Daniel. Thanks so much for uh, stopping by for another edition of the show. And boy, do, do we have a doozy for you today. We got some exciting stuff coming up. Some stuff that is, for me, is is a little, uh, not uncomfortable, but it's something I've, in some ways, I'm feeling a little out of my depth on. Um, so, uh, and that's, it's social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we are talking about blogging and social media. Um, I think... You're right to feel a little bit of discomfort. Maybe that's a bit of hyperbole, but it's a controversial thing right now um, because I think it's hard to have a blog without having a social media presence. In fact, I would even argue that it is impossible to have a blog without having a social media presence. Almost, could we take that one step further and say it's impossible to now have a business without having a social media presence? Absolutely. And social media is not just like Facebook anymore. It's just there's so much stuff. Yeah. So much stuff out there. Yeah. And frequently what I hear from friends of ours who are bloggers and whatnot is that over the course of the last 18 months, the demands to, you hit the nail on the head, Dan, keep up with social media, A, and B, the changes that have happened within the various platforms has become almost a burden and it's some level it's social media has begun supplanting the traditional style blog so we're seeing this we're really kind of in the middle of what i think is a shift in focus in the online and digital realm i mean the mere fact that you and i are now doing a podcast is is sort of evidence of that sure of that shift it's kind of crazy actually yeah so I, I think we we can we can frame this whole conversation that we're going to have under the with the understanding that if you have a blog, if you have a business, if you want to be anything at, at this point, you have to be on social media. But what we're going to try to get to the crux of in this conversation is how we at DIY Passion have embraced some of those changes, made decisions about how we're going to be on social media and and used those changes in a positive way. Absolutely. In, yeah. in a way that I think has probably made us a, a, a bit better. Not, it? not to say that it's not challenging. Oh no, not at all. I, I mean, I, I said, uh, sometimes I feel a bit daunted by this whole, uh, uh, by engaging with our audience through social media, but, yeah. but still we've got some interesting stuff I think to talk and share about. Yeah. So do you want to take us all the way back, all the way back about five or six months ago? Um, because I, I, I think that that may be where we want to start this story. When when uh, 
when Facebook changed what was going on with Facebook? Because these days you say social media, you think Facebook. Yeah, Facebook's the big one. So, yeah, because for a while there, you post to Facebook, um, people that liked your page that happened to be online at that time, there was a pretty good chance that they were going to see the stuff that we were posting. Even if they weren't online at that time, if they liked your page when they logged back into Facebook, they were going to see your content. That was just the way of it. Yep. And it was simple, and you kind of knew how it worked, and then things kind of changed. Kind of changed. They wholly changed, completely changed. Uh, The algorithm changed in January. Um, And for the layman out there, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I know anything about computer science (laughs) and algorithms. I don't. But what Facebook did is they made it so that if two, you know, where originally 2,000 people liked your page, you could pretty much guarantee that 80% of those 2,000 people were seeing what you were posting. All of a sudden in January, that 80% dwindled to either 20%, 10%, 5%. And they did it on purpose. They justified it by saying, we want people's news feeds on Facebook to stop being so cluttered with things that they don't really want to see. So all of a sudden, Facebook became a place that judged the value of your post. All of a sudden, when you posted on Facebook uh, to your blog page, you were entering into a value judgment where Facebook was was deciding if your post was was good enough to be shown to everyone who liked your page. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, at the time, I think that really upset a lot of people. And it's part of the fact that change upsets people in general. Um, But I I don't know that, you know, ourselves or other bloggers really knew what to make of it at first. Right. And and the the visceral response was panic. Frustration. An absolute frustration because you can imagine some of these blogs with very high page rankings. All of a sudden, we're seeing a significant drop in traffic just by virtue of the fact that Facebook was no longer showing their posts to as many people. And we felt it. Absolutely. For about three months, I thought, you know what? I am ditching Facebook. I'm getting off Facebook. This is dumb. There's no point. It takes so much energy. But we've kind of come full circle on it, and I'm I'm back in Facebook's good graces. I think. Yeah, I think I think we realized, and really, you realized that there was no sense in fighting it. There, it's still value. It's still a valuable um, uh, place for us to hold a conversation yeah. with our with our readers, with our audience. Um, so we adapted, we adapted and you hit the nail on the head. Part of the algorithm is that they really want you to start paying to promote your posts. But for small, small fries like us, we don't have the cash lying around to just continually pay to have people see our posts. We want our fans to see our posts because they want to, and because Facebook thinks they're worthy. So what we have done, um, and here's just a few of the tips that we have employed, um, to overcome some of the changes. Now, it doesn't work 100% of the time. I'll say that flat out, but it does work more times than not, um, is that we actually use our Facebook statuses on when we're sharing a new post. So say we have a new makeover on the blog that we want to, that we're promoting on Facebook, and it's the first time it's ever going to be on Facebook. We take that opportunity to use the status update for that post as a bit of a preamble to what's in the post. It's like a new voice or a new angle to the content on our post. Yeah, and and I mean, the one we, we did most recently that comes to mind where this worked really well was the blog office reveal where our status update was much longer than you would have naturally 
mm-hmm. probably naturally written. It was about 10 lines on Facebook. Right. But it forced uh, me as the casual uh, Facebook user to click the little see more button so I could see the full extent of what you've written, uh, written down and in effect engage with that post, mm-hmm. which in turn is what Facebook is looking for. They're trying to add value to the content that's, that's on there or encourage value in the content that you're putting on there. Right. So by writing the longer status update, you, you're, you have a chance to be much more honest about how you feel about what you're posting. When they click the see more button, your reader is automatically more vested. They've already taken the time to click something. They're more likely to click through to your post. So we've seen just in general that the longer statuses now do tend to work. Now I would caution you against doing that every time, but when you have a high value post, Certainly that works. And the other little tidbit that we have used since the algorithm change, speaking of longer posts, is we've really taken the approach to Facebook of treating it like a normal conversation. When you're in a normal conversation with someone, you don't talk 100% of the time. You're not constantly just saying like, hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. That's super annoying. annoying. You're the annoying kid in third grade. People are going to tell you to shut up. So the same goes for Facebook. They don't want you to do that. There are going to be some bloggers out there who will, who will contradict that. And they'll say the best way to get good Facebook reach is to post four times a day or the opposite. When we have a big post coming, we go like radio silent on Facebook about 36 hours before our big post We just sit back. We engage on Facebook with other pages. We might mention our post is coming on our personal pages. Um, And time and time again, we have seen that just taking that little breather and taking a step back and then posting a nice long preamble status update with our new post works like a charm. And I think, um, and I think, and I may have already said this, but in effect, that makes it, um, better for those that are that are reading this stuff it's more interesting to them it's a slice we're not just regurgitating what we said in the post in a different way we're again adding value to what we're saying and and trying to reach that audience in a more meaningful way it's we're being more authentic yeah now here i mentioned a little bit of uncomfort on my or discomfort on my part because i mean uh, facebook I, i get facebook i've been using facebook since it kind of became big, which is like, yeah. what, 10 years now? Or I don't maybe know, longer quite, than that. Yeah, yeah, crazy. But man, there's so many other kinds of social media platforms. And yeah. I mean, there's some I know, but then like others, like, okay, Meerkat? Yeah, let's, okay, well, let's back up before we talk about Meerkat, because I do want to talk about it a little bit. But um, the other ones that I still really like Twitter, I have to say that sure. we, we do get a good 10, 15% of our traffic off of Twitter. Um but that requires a different sort of self-awareness when you're on Twitter, just retweeting things that you're putting on Instagram. Twitter doesn't like that. Twitter is there for conversation. Twitter is approach Twitter the way you would approach the conversation with the cashier at the grocery checkout. That's a fast conversation, but you can have a laugh. Something memorable can happen in there. You might learn a tidbit about I don't know how to cut a melon or whatever you're talking about with your cashier. Yeah. Um, but that's how you should approach Twitter. So make everything translate every platform into the, into real life. And all of a sudden it will start to come alive for you. I guarantee it. Sure. Cause you could just not say anything to the cashier and, and whatever. Go yeah. Be a day. total jerk or just be like everybody else and just kind of regurgitate the same, like 
yeah. same stuff. Or you could walk out of there with a smile on your face, leave a smile on someone else's face, and yeah. engage with them. And be memorable. That's what Twitter wants you to do, and they want you to do it short and snappy and meaningful. Now, Meerkat is something really cool that we haven't tried yet. Okay, you gotta you gotta explain this Meerkat thing. So now. what Meerkat is doing is it's appealing to our constant desire for new, exciting, and visual. And it is an app that integrates with Twitter that enables Twitter to schedule live video streams. So um, it's just the coolest thing. And I think that at some point, what we should do is meerkat one of these podcast episodes. I think that would be really fun. So you just load the app, you schedule when you want to do your video, and then meerkat on Twitter will send its followers a notification that, hey, Dan and Aaron are going to do a podcast on Meerkat in 10 minutes. And then we turn on our phone, put it in the tripod, and away we go. And you guys can see us doing it live. And then when it's done, it's done. And it doesn't exist anywhere uh, unless we decide to save and download the file as it's being recorded. It exists in that moment. It exists only in the moment. Right. Which, again, is like a conversation. Yeah. So I think that that's fundamentally what we're getting at is that when it comes to social media, Instagram, Meerkat, Twitter, Facebook, what you have to do is understand the platform that you're on and in your mind, turn it into a real life conversation or at least the best um, sort of translation of what that would be. And you will see results because what that does is it forces you to use your real voice. It forces you to be your true authentic self. Now, having said that, let's take a break. Um, I'm going to get a glass of wine (laughs) and then we're going to come back because there's some other uh, tools. They're not social media stuff, but they're tools that are out there that we use day in and day out that do help us to maintain that authenticity. So hang around. We'll be right back. You can find us online by visiting www.diypassion.com or drop us an email at diypassionblog at gmail.com. All of the information about this episode is in the show notes on our blog, which you can find by visiting the podcast tab. All right, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. We are going to kind of pick up where we just left off. Uh, One of the pieces, one of the social media platforms we didn't really touch on was Pinterest. Yes, and I now have my wine, so I feel prepared to talk about Pinterest. (laughs) Pinterest is a bit different, right? I mean, we were talking about how these these, uh, social media platforms were about having a conversation, but... You know, I'm on Pinterest. I'm trying to understand how it works, and I'm all on seeing our pictures. Yeah, well, this is the funny thing is that you know how they say that men are more visual learners than our women, but the weird thing, or I guess the the, the contradictory thing is that it's more women who are on Pinterest, which you're right, is primarily visual. So where I would say on the other social platforms like Twitter, Meerkat, Facebook, um, Tumblr to some degree. We're not even on Tumblr, but but that one as well. It's about having a conversation and being authentic. I would say that Pinterest and then right below that I put Instagram are more about just telling a story. Right. Um, you're not it's not so much of the interaction you're looking for as it is just a consistent thread that is representative of your voice and therefore your brand or whatever it is that you stand for. Right. Um now, the thing with Pinterest is, I'd be upfront and say we get the majority of our traffic to our blog comes from Pinterest. It ebbs and flows, but it's it's consistently the number one referral to our blog. Um, and because of that, we do sink 
some resources into maintaining it as best we can. Um, so there are tools that we have found uh, that help us to do that because right. if we were just to maximize Pinterest on our own, uh, we would be sitting there pinning stuff all day, right? All hours of, of the day. It would be buckets of work and. Um, for people like us, it doesn't make sense. So there are some tools out there that um, some folks who are smarter than we are have developed to help you tell those stories the way you want to tell them without putting in as much work. Right. Yeah. Right. Without killing yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and we were kind of looking at one earlier. We were looking at Board Booster. Yes. Board Booster is, I think, where we have settled. Um, we also investigated Tailwind. And now both, I should say, they're they're they have pros and cons each of them um but they are both excellent if you want to schedule pins so i we use board booster right now because it works for what we're trying to do on pinterest but i know others who swear by tailwind and they cost pretty much the same you're it's less than 10 bucks a month for each of them um which for us is worth it. Right. And But what we're talking about are tools that work, yeah, that we use because they work for us. Essentially, what Tailwind does is you it's a scheduler. So if you see something online that you want to pin or you go on Pinterest and you say you only have 30 minutes, you can just go, you know, kablam, pin, however many pins you can pin in 30 minutes, dump them all into Tailwind and Tailwind will space them all out for you throughout the course of however many days it takes to pin that many pins at your desired um, frequency. And Board Booster basically does the same thing. It just uses a little bit of a different methodology where it pins from specific boards that you already have set up. So if you have a secret board of all of your, I don't know, like in our case, all of our DIY passion posts are sitting in a board on a Pinterest page, we can tell Board Booster just to randomly go in, put its hand into that bucket and and pin away from that. And it's they're both sort of set it and forget it. So if you're looking for a tip to optimize your social media, especially your reach and your follows on, on Pinterest, Board Booster and Tailwind, I would look at those. Right. Because yeah. you can still tell your story just if you can do it with half the work. Yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Tell the same story. Absolutely. Let's be as truthful. All right. Yeah. Um, now we use another one, uh, so long as we're talking about scheduling. Yeah. Uh, within WordPress itself, within the blog itself, when we're plotting out... Um, our posts for one month, for three months, for six months. We use a great tool. We use CoSchedule. Yeah, you talk about this one because you really like this one because this was a really great way that you and you and I kind of stay on the same page. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm pretty detail-oriented. Aaron will tell you that I, I like kind of the fine nitty-gritty detail when it comes to planning anything out. I'm a bit anal that way. So what I really like about CoSchedule is that it's – an add-in that sits within the WordPress platform, yeah. um, or it's a standalone app, but either way, it talks to WordPress, it talks to uh, the posts that you've created, and allows you to just visually map out when they happen, and it ties into your social media yeah. uh, platforms in a way that lets you plan all of your content, um, all those conversations, from one spot. It's super efficient. Now, the only the reason that we talked about Pinterest first is that CoSchedule doesn't have the API to access right. Pinterest right now. So CoSchedule doesn't work for that, but it does work for Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to do Google+, which we dabbled in that, I don't get it. Everything on the internet says Google+, is going the way of the dodo bird. So I don't invest anything in Google+. We're just not there. Um, but for those who are, you can use CoSchedule to use Google+. And I 
did I say LinkedIn? And I think it will do Tumblr as well. So there's a lot of integration with CoSchedule. Once again, it's really inexpensive. Yeah. And I mean, we, uh, as bloggers, we, we, we do treat this as almost a, a side business for yeah. us. So we recognize that there's going to have to be a little bit of an investment. But the nice thing about these apps, about CoSchedule, about Tailwind or what have you, is that, as Aaron's saying, that they cost so little that it's, it's not hurting our wallet here. It's just making our lives that a little and, bit easier. And I've just noticed that the efficiency of our scheduling once we had CoSchedule, it was so good. Like, yeah. we can really, really talk about tell a story, we can sit there and see six weeks at a time on the blog and say, if we do this post here, how will that fit into the next post? And how can we maximize telling our story across all of our social platforms? And it really lets us pull that voice together and make sure that we're, um, we're, we're really being true to ourselves in every aspect of what we're doing because it's all in one place. Quite literally pulling by dragging and dropping yes. these items across the calendar in a really easy way. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Now, there's one other one that I use, um, and that's uh, MailChimp. Now, MailChimp yes. uh, is our little tool for managing our newsletter. Um, and it's a really interesting one. It's Again, it's super easy to use. Um, and, and it allows us again to reach out to our audience in a different way, um, through the newsletter. So I guess what you're saying too, is that social media has not eradicated email. Email is still king. Email is still king. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what I like about MailChimp again, it just lets you build these nice, uh, really attractive templates for your emails. Again, super easy, drag and drop your pictures, um, text blocks or whatever you want to put into your email in a really easy, inexpensive way, again, that just facilitates uh, the whole process. And the good thing about MailChimp, too, is that it integrates, once again, with your blog, where you can just put a little sign-up widget. Uh, it can be a pop-up, it can be a banner, it can be a sidebar, that it lets people sign up for your email newsletter. And the power is in that list, because people always say, you know, it's one thing to be on someone's Facebook page or their Twitter feed or Pinterest even, but once you're in their inbox, it's like being right in their homes with them. You're in their ears. They're, you're part of their daily routine. So for us, um, we coddle our email subscribers uh, as very as a very special cohort of DIY passion subscribers. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe we should leave it there and say that what we're going to do on this post is we'll post links to all of these tools that we use. We'll flesh things out a little bit in the show notes yep. um, and include links to our affiliate links too. If you want to get co-schedule or you want to sign up for board booster or any of those things, we'll put links to all of that. And speaking of subscribing, make sure that you subscribe on iTunes <laughs> <laughs> and give us a five-star rating if, if you like us. And you know, one last thing, we just talked about a few tools. We talked about the social media platforms we use. There's a lot of other stuff out there. Yeah. So if you know of something that maybe we should be knowing about, let us know. Well, and also we want to know how you feel about all of this. Are we right in framing it in terms of, you know, is the silver lining that we're presenting the correct silver lining? Is it really making us more authentic? Do you disagree with us? We want to know. Just send us an email, DIYPassionBlog at gmail.com. Comment on this post. Uh, you can comment on our Facebook page. All these things that we've just been talking about are ways that you can uh, get in touch with us so we would appreciate you letting us know thanks for listening folks tune in again we got some more exciting stuff coming all right until next time bye thanks for listening for more information about advertising sponsoring or being a guest on the diy passion podcast please email us at diypassionblog at gmail.com